take our Bibles today, we turn to Psalm 23. We've been there several times in recent history. The 23rd Psalm, perhaps the most familiar of all the Psalms. About the shepherd and the sheep. Psalm 23. A Psalm of David. The Lord is my shepherd. If you found that, please stand with us for the reading of our text. We're going to read the entire passage today, the six verses here. And then we'll focus on a single verse. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. He maketh me to lie down in green pastures. He leadeth me beside the still waters. He restoreth my soul. He leadeth me in the paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for thou art with me. Thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. Thou preparest a table before me in the presence of mine enemies. Thou anointest my head with oil, my cup runneth over. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. Thou will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. You know, as many times, no matter how many times you read that, it's still good, isn't it? Never gets old. And I've enjoyed us studying it together. Last uh, time, last uh, Wednesday, I guess, or Sunday night, we dealt with the second verse just about Sunday night, yeah, about how the Lord provides rest and refreshment. He makes me to lie down in green pastures. But today we're going to look at verse 3. He restoreth my soul. Let's say those four words together before we pray. He restoreth my soul. I want you to think about it personally. Think about your own life. Think about your needs. Think about times that you're weak or alone. Times that you have doubt times that maybe you've slipped and fallen spiritually and you're ashamed of it. It's good to know that he restoreth my soul, isn't it? That's what we're going to talk about today. He restoreth my soul. Let's pray. Father, we do thank you today for just the blessing of being here. Thank you for every person that's here. Thank you for our guests today. Father, thank you for what the music that we have sung and listened to today means to us. We've been taken, Lord, in our imagination, our mind, to what Isaiah wrote about in chapter 6 when he saw the Lord high and lifted up. And all the creatures crying, holy, holy, holy. Lord, we thank you for your goodness today. We thank you for the challenge of getting to know you better, growing in grace. I pray that today as we look into this passage that, Lord, you would, you would really work in our hearts. May your word... Lord, be quick and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword. And Lord, may it feed us and speak to us, challenge us. Lord, as only you can, we thank you for that in Jesus' name. Amen. You may be seated. Thank you. David was a shepherd, as you know, as you probably know. So this shepherd said the Lord is his shepherd. So David, who is a shepherd was also a sheep. The Lord was his shepherd. And he said that the Lord 
restored his soul. Can I say today that every soul needs restoration? Every soul needs divine restoration. You know, people can give us comfort and give us counsel, but the best of counsel is limited. But the Lord is unlimited in the counsel that he can give us. And what does it mean to restore? The Lord restoreth my soul. It means to bring back to its former state, to bring back to its useful state. When I think about restoration, I often think about um, a classic automobile maybe being restored or maybe an antique piece of furniture being restored or um, maybe a house that's been dilapidated being restored It's interesting, uh, I noticed yesterday that this word that's translated from uh, verse 3 there, the Hebrew word that's translated as restore, restoreth, is used about 1,300 times in the Bible. That's quite a number of times, really. And it means to turn back. It means to bring back. It means to recover. It means to rescue The Lord restoreth my soul. The Lord brings us back to where we need to be. You know, sometimes people think about turning over a new leaf or they think about making reforms in their life. I know I could be doing better than this. And they think about coming to church more often or reading their Bible more often. All those things are good things. But all those things cannot really fix what's wrong with us. It takes the Lord to do that. The Lord restoreth my soul. As a shepherd, David knew what it was for sheep to get lost. He knew what it was for sheep to be helpless, to be diseased, and then to be restored. The shepherd, the shepherd cares about his sheep, wants the sheep to be restored. David knew how sheep could find themselves in helpless places. I don't know if you've ever heard of uh, the term cast in regard to sheep. We think about casting stones or casting rocks or casting a fishing line, but, but it's an old English term to, regarding shepherds and sheep, the word cast. It's an interesting thing. And the term describes when a sheep gets rolled over on its back and it can't get up. Now, it seems kind of silly to think about, kind of like a tortoise, you know, rolled over on its back and it cannot get up. It's stuck, lying there. And um, if you were... Uh, to get home and it crosses your mind, uh, go to Google and ask for some videos of cast sheep. It's interesting to see, just laying there, and they're just, they're just, their legs are kind of maybe moving and breathing, but they cannot get up. It's a term that uh, shepherds are familiar with, and it can happen to the strongest and healthiest of sheep. Often it happens to sheep that are overweight they're more vulnerable but in that state here's the thing we want to think about in that state they cannot help themselves and could die within a matter of hours surely within 24 hours just by doing nothing but laying on their back David knew about sheep being cast he knew about them being cast down you know David himself as you know should know May know, he tasted his share of defeat, didn't he? His times of discouragement. I'm reminded of two verses, two two psalms, they're back to back, and, and they say three times in those two psalms, Why art thou cast down, O my soul? Imagine talking to yourself. 
we, my wife and I talk to ourselves some. She does more. But, uh, and it's, inter- it's very interesting, even humorous, because I never know if I should respond or not, because I don't really know who she's talking to. But David was talking to himself, and he said to himself, why are you cast down? Not physically cast down, but cast down in his soul. Why are you cast down? Why art thou, he said, why art thou disquieted within me? Why are you in this place? You know, David, again, was a professional, if we could use that word. He was a trained shepherd at delivering sheep that were in trouble. He even said, wrote about uh, in, the, in the scripture and before Saul, the, uh, the king of Israel, how he had taken one of his father's sheep had been taken by these predators and he had slain the predators and restored, that's the word, he restored the lamb to his father. He knew, he knew how to restore sheep and he knew that his soul had been restored by the shepherd. The Lord is my shepherd. You know, it would be interesting to know, only God would know. How many sheep have fallen and felt the helplessness of not being able to get back on their feet? And uh, so David declares this. If you're looking at your scripture there in Psalm 23 and verse 3, David declares this, that the Lord had restored his soul. It's a simple word, restoreth. The Lord restoreth. But in that word, to me in that word is packed a lot. In that word, we see the love of the shepherd. He restoreth my soul. We see the power of the shepherd because only God can fix what's wrong inside of a person. We see the forgiveness of the shepherd, speaking of the Lord himself. You know, when a soul is lost, the Lord can restore that soul. When a soul is weak, the Lord can strengthen that soul. When the, Lord, when the soul is sorrowful, the Lord can lift up the sorrowful. When the soul is lonely, he can befriend it. The Lord is our shepherd and he restores our soul. Mark your place right here if you would and uh, hold it there in Psalm 23. And let's go to the Gospel of Luke for just a moment. And in Luke chapter 15, a wonderful passage of scripture that talks about the shepherd and the sheep. A lesson given by the chief shepherd, the Lord Jesus Christ. We'll read this and go back to our text. In Luke chapter 15, it says, Then drew near unto him all the publicans and sinners for to hear him. So just notice who the audience is. Primarily, it's publicans and sinners. They wanted to hear him. Publicans, as you probably know, they're sort of a despised class of people, sinners, these were notorious sinners, people knew they were sinners, but they wanted to hear Jesus, and verse 2 says, and the Pharisees and scribes, these are the religious people, they noticed this, they murmured, they murmured saying, this man, talking about Jesus, this man receiveth sinners and eateth with them, they're being critical of him, because he was Spending time with sinners. And so with that as a backdrop, Jesus gives a parable in verse 3. It says, And he spake this parable unto them, 
unto the Pharisees and the scribes, saying, What man of you, having a hundred sheep, if he lose one of them, doth not leave the ninety and nine in the wilderness and go after that which is lost until he find it? And when he hath found it, he layeth it on his shoulders, rejoicing. And when he cometh home, he calleth together his friends and neighbors, saying unto them, Rejoice with me, for I have found my sheep, which was lost. Jesus was saying to them, Wouldn't that be common for you? Which one of you? And maybe they wouldn't have, but most people, if you lost a sheep, you may have had 99 left, but you're still going to find the one that's missing. Again, this was a response to a group of people who accused Jesus, who criticized Jesus of being a friend of sinners. The shepherd cares about his sheep. The shepherd restores the sheep, wants to restore the sheep that was missing. So we find, you know, they may find them cast. They may find them that they're stuck someplace. They don't know wherever they may find them. They may find that they just lost their way. But here's the point. The shepherd takes no pleasure in the loss of sheep. The shepherd rejoices when a lost sheep is found, when a sheep is restored. You know, people may have the idea about God, that God looks at someone who's fallen, looks at someone who's lost their way, looks at someone who's lived shamefully, looks at someone who's in a bad place, looks at someone who can't get up, they may think that God looks at someone and he's angry at them, he's mad at them, you know. He will, but you know what God wants? God wants to lift them up. That's the God of the Bible. He cares about sheep. He cares about those that are fallen. He cares about those who are stuck in a place. He doesn't want them to stay there, but he cares about them. Our shepherd is in the business of restoring the souls of sheep. Now, this could be referring to people who are lost and need to be saved. It certainly could be referring to that. But it also is definitely referring to saved people who've been cast down. David was a believer. I mean, David was a servant of the Lord. And he said, the Lord restoreth my soul. If David needed his soul restored, don't you think sometimes we need our soul restored? David had fallen more than once and fallen hard. Speaking of David, let's go, we're going to make our way back to the Psalms, but let's stop on our way at Psalm 51, and then we'll get back to Psalm 23. Psalm 51, a psalm that I love to read and think about and meditate upon. It's a psalm of David. The title just tells us that it was a psalm of David when Nathan the prophet had come to him because David had committed adultery with Bathsheba. David was in a bad place. The prophet came to him. And this psalm is, is really a, a prayer, a confession. It's like a, a road map, a guideline, guide a guidebook for people maybe who've fallen and, and they're thinking, man, I, just, I, just, I don't know what to do. Does God care about me? You know, whatever... The case might be thinking whatever they're thinking, but I don't want to read this entire psalm. Actually, I do want to read it, but I'm not going to read it. But I want to read some things in it, if you could. And he says in verse 2, wash me throughly. He's talking to God. Verse, verse 1, have mercy upon me, O God. In verse 2, wash me throughly and 
cleanse me from my sin. I acknowledge, in verse 3, my transgressions. My sin is ever before me. I can't get away from it. I just can't get away from what I've done. Verse 4, he says, Against thee and thee only have I sinned and done this evil in thy sight. My sin is not just against people. It's also, more importantly, against God. Verse 6, he says, Behold, talking to God, thou desirest truth in the inward parts. God wants truth and honesty and transparency. In verse 7, he repeats this thing about cleansing. He said, Purge me with hyssop, and I shall be clean. Wash me, and I'll be whiter than snow. Make me to hear joy and gladness. He'd lost the joy of his relationship with the Lord. That the bones which thou hast broken may rejoice. Create in me a clean heart. Then look in verse 12. He says, here's that word again, restore. Same word. Restore unto me the joy of thy salvation. And uphold me with thy free spirit. Only God can restore what's fallen, what's missing in our life. Only God can do that. David knew what it was about to be to be down, to be broken, to be ashamed, to be guilty. And yet he knew the only one, the shepherd, that could restore the sheep, and that is the Lord, his shepherd. You know, one wonderful thing about the Bible is it, it tells us about people who had experiences that we can relate to. So not so that we'd make the same mistakes, but so that we can learn from them. I was thinking this morning about Simon Peter. Peter knew what it was to fall hard. You just read that recently about how he denied the Lord. He didn't think it was possible that he could do that. I'll never do that. Jesus warned him. Satan had desired that he might sift you as wheat. Peter said, not me, Lord. It'll never happen to me. Three times he denied the Lord, said, I don't even know him, even cursed and swear, the Bible says. We heard this just recently in a sermon. He looked and he saw where Jesus was and he says he went out, he wept bitterly. Have you ever been there when you just was so full of sorrow and grief for your sin that you just wept bitterly? Sometimes we don't take sin as seriously as we ought to, but it was serious for Peter. He had fallen, he had fallen hard. But then over in John chapter 21, this was after Jesus died, after the resurrection. And Jesus was meeting with his disciples. He called Peter aside and he said, Simon, son of Jonas, three times he said, lovest thou me? Peter, do you love me? Do you really love me? And G Peter said to him, Lord, thou knowest that I love thee. And Jesus said, feed my sheep. You know what he was doing? He was restoring him. The shepherd was restoring the fallen sheep. He had fallen. He had made a mistake. He had denied the Lord. He had been filled with pride, elevated opinion of himself. And he felt so bad about it. As a matter of fact, before that meeting with the Lord, he said, I go a fishing, which didn't mean I'm just going to go out and see if I can catch a few. It meant he was leaving the ministry. He was going fishing. But Jesus came along and restored him. The shepherd restores the sheep. The shepherd restored David. The Lord is my shepherd. He restoreth my soul. 
the shepherd restored Peter when Peter had fallen. Only the shepherd can restore the soul. I mean, we can, we can say to someone, you know, I'm concerned about you, and I'm praying for you, and maybe we don't even tell them, but we're praying for them, and we know they're not in a good place spiritually. We heard such, to me, such an impactful Sunday school lesson this morning at 10 o'clock about the, about the danger of, of making unwise steps and what it can cost us and cost our families. We can warn people, we can pray for people, but people can't fix what's wrong inside of us. Only the Lord can fix that. The Lord is my shepherd. He restoreth my soul. Go back, if you would, to Psalm 23, and we'll spend a few more minutes there. In Psalm 23, let's look at that third verse again. He restoreth my soul. He leadeth me in the paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Now one of the shepherd's main responsibilities is to lead the sheep. The shepherd never has to get up in the morning and even wonder where I'm going to eat. The shepherd takes care of that. All the sheep have to do is follow the shepherd. That's simple, isn't it? All we have to do is follow the shepherd. And shepherd, the, the sheep need a shepherd. Whether we realize it or not, we need a shepherd. We need the guidance of the good shepherd. I was thinking about a verse related to this that we memorized in the Hope program one Friday night some time ago. From Jeremiah chapter 10, listen to these words. O Lord, I know that the way of man is not in himself. It is not in man that walketh to, to direct his steps. I'm going to read that again. I want you to think about it. You might be sitting there saying, well, I can figure out things pretty much on my own. But you're saying something contrary to what the Bible says. Here, I want to read it again. Oh, Lord, I know, Jeremiah said this, I know that the way of man is not in himself. It is not in man that walketh to direct his steps. None of us are capable of knowing everything we need to know about what God has for us or where God wants us to go. We all need a shepherd to lead us. I need his guidance. Every day we need his leadership. I don't think anybody here would think that you've never gone astray, but in Isaiah chapter 53, in that famous passage in verse 6, Isaiah said, all we, all we, like sheep, have gone astray. We have turned everyone to his own way. If you're going your own way, then you're not going the Lord's way. We've all turned into our own way. And the Lord hath laid on him, talking about the Messiah, talking about Jesus. The Lord hath laid on him the iniquity of us all. We need God's direction. We need God's guidance. Sometimes it's humbling to ask for directions, isn't it? Ask any man here today. <laughs> My wife has asked me numbers of times in our life, why don't you just stop and ask for directions? Or when I can't find it in the store, why don't you go ask somebody? I said, why don't you go ask somebody? 
But we all need direction. We all need leadership. We all need guidance. Uh, you might remember in Acts chapter 8 when Philip was uh, sent to a desert place called Gaza or Gaza. And he went there and he found this man riding in a chariot. He was actually an Ethiopian man who had been in Jerusalem. He had been worshiping. And when Philip found this man sitting in his chariot, Philip ran alongside of him because the Lord directed him to. And Philip said this, Understandest thou what thou readest? In our pride, I'd, I'd probably said, Well, I think I do. But this is what he said. How can I? except some man should guide me. We all need guidance. We all need direction. We all need leadership. So where does our shepherd lead us? Look in Psalm 23 where we are. He, he restoreth my soul, verse 3. He leadeth me in the paths of righteousness. Now that's a very important thing. He doesn't just lead us. It tells us in a general way where he leads us. He leads us in the paths of righteousness. He leads us in right paths. Our shepherd will never lead us in wrong paths. Our shepherd will never lead us, not once ever, ever lead anybody to sin. He wouldn't do that. God doesn't lead people to sin. God, God, doesn't lead, God never leads me to be selfish and prideful. Now, I may be that way sometimes, but God doesn't lead me to be that way. He leads us in paths of righteousness. God never led a teenage boy or girl to be disrespectful to mom or dad. God doesn't lead people in unrighteousness. He'll never lead you to use profanity. He'll never use you to lead you to gossip. He'll never lead you to put something less important before Him. He'll never lead you... To, to spend time, ought to be time in worship and Bible study. He'll never lead you to do other, God leads us in paths of righteousness. If I start wanting to do something or say something that's contrary to God's word, I can be sure God's not leading me to do that. The Lord is my shepherd. He restoreth my soul. He leadeth me in paths of righteousness. He leads me in paths that are holy. Aren't you glad we have a shepherd that leads us in a holy direction? Now I think these two, I think these two phrases can go together. He restoreth my soul. He leadeth me in paths of righteousness. God does not restore my soul so I can just go out and sin more. He doesn't restore my soul so I can continue to do the things that that I've done, he leads us in a way that pleases him. Aren't you glad of that? We're, we don't, we can't trust ourselves, you know. We can't, we can't, you know, the writer of Proverbs was right. You know, there's a way that seemeth right unto a man, but the end thereof are the ways of death. Whoever said, follow your heart, was not really familiar with good theology. You can't trust your heart. Jeremiah said the heart is deceitful above all things and desperately wicked. Who can know it? Our heart cannot, you can't trust your heart. 
You know what we trust? We trust the Lord's leadership found in His Word and the Spirit of God who dwells within us. The Lord wants to lead us in good paths, in the way of righteousness. Now look again in Psalm 23, if you would please, in verse 3. He restoreth my soul. He leadeth me in the paths of righteousness. And let's not leave out these final few words. For his name's sake. He leads me in paths of righteousness for his name's sake. And I want to urge you to try to just wrap your mind around this tonight or today. The Lord is my shepherd. He restoreth my soul. He rescues me and delivers me when I'm in a bad place. He restoreth my soul and leads me in a better place, in the paths of righteousness. And then why? What is the primary reason? It's not just so I can get over my guilt, oh, that's important. Why is it? It's for His name's sake. He does it for His name's sake. He doesn't just do it. We, we have this ten- tendency, and I'm not saying we all do it, but I know I've done it. We have this tendency to think that God delivers us just for our good. But that's not altogether true. He does deliver us for our good. But He delivers us for His name's sake. He does it for His own reputation. You know why why God rescues people that are fallen? Because He doesn't want to see them fallen, but also because it brings Him honor and glory and praise when someone is delivered from their being cast or cast down. He rescues us not just for our benefit, but for His glory. He rescues us for His praise, that His name would be praised. Think about this. Just think about this. Does it honor God when someone who claims to be one of His children lives in sin? Do you think that honors God? No, it doesn't honor God. It doesn't please God. God is not, God is not praised when His children are unfaithful to Him. Matter of fact, in, in a way, as it was said about David, it gives, it gives the enemies of the Lord reason to blaspheme, reason to criticize. He doesn't just do it for us. Think, please, I, I know we, we kind of beat this drum often, and we should, I think. Everything is not just about us. Everything doesn't just revolve around us. There's someone in the universe that's more important than I am and you are, and that's the Almighty. The Creator, He created us for His own glory. Does God get glory? Does God get glory when those who claim to know Him are not faithfully following Him? I don't think He does. He leadeth me in the paths of righteousness for His name's sake. I can't I can't say that I've always followed the paths of righteousness. But I know this, it's best for me when I do. Amen? It's best for me when I do, and it's best for you when you do. It's a good thing to follow the paths of righteousness. Some of us have learned by experience what the Bible says, the way of the transgressor is hard. It's not a good life. It's not a good life. 
it's good for us to follow the Lord, but it's not just good for us to follow the Lord. It's good for others if we follow the Lord. We heard that this morning in Sunday school. It's good for our families if we follow the Lord. It's good for those who know us and witness the fact that Christ has changed our life. It's good for us. I shared this Wednesday night. I had a phone call one day this week from someone that I've only talked to a time or two in the last 45 years. Someone I was at one time was the closest man in my life. And he talked about how what God did in my life still is resonating in his mind, the change in my life. I'm just saying it's good for others if we do the right thing. It's good for us if we do the right thing. It's good for others if we do the right thing. It's good for our families if we do the right thing. But most of all, it's good because it's for his name's sake. In this life, we can get so caught up in our world and what we're thinking and our plans and what we want to do. But I'm telling you, when we get to heaven, we're going to realize the main purpose of our lives being lived right was for the glory of God. And if we can see Him honored, if He would be praised, if Jesus, who took our sins upon His own body on the tree, could be glorified and praised because of what He's done in you, won't that be a wonderful thing? He leads us in the paths of righteousness for His namesake most people in this room I think could sincerely say that at some point in their life the Lord has restored their soul amen I know he's restored my soul not just once not just twice but many times when I needed this when I needed encouragement when I needed hope when I needed direction, when I needed divine intervention, God is there. One hymn writer put it these words, I've wandered far away from home, but now I'm coming home. The paths of sin too long I've tried, Lord, I'm coming home. The picture of the father welcoming home the prodigal is a picture of the compassion and mercy and love of God for someone who strayed. You know this, but just a reminder that the church is not made up of good people who've never fallen. The church is made up of lost and broken souls who've been restored, that God has restored. We don't praise our religion because our religion didn't restore us. God restored our soul. We don't even praise the preacher or the witness or the soul winner or the counselor. Thank God for what people do. But if your soul has been restored, it's because the Lord restored it. We thank God for that. He restoreth my soul. Another hymn writer, Robert Robinson, said, Jesus sought me when a stranger wandering from the fold of God. He, to rescue me from danger, interposed his precious blood. When I was a stranger, before I, was, before I ever thought about or cared about, Jesus went to the cross. He restored us with his precious blood that was shed for us. 
He can restore your soul today. Let me just address this to two different groups of people and we're done. First of all, if you're one of his sheep and you've lost your way or you know you're not completely restored to where he would want you to be and where you know you have been, the good news is the Lord can restore your soul. You know, we can talk to each other and act like everything's okay and, and know inside of us there's something just really not right. But people wouldn't know that, but we know that. But I'm telling you, what he, he wants to do better than just get us kind of back going a better direction. He wants to restore our soul. Just like that, just like that automobile that's been re restored back to its original place. He wants to take back what, what sin has tried to steal from us, what Satan has tried to steal from us. He won't, and he can do that. He can do that. We heard a great lesson Wednesday night about how the Lord is our advocate. I write these things to you that you sin not, but if what you sin, you have an advocate. Jesus Christ the righteous. He, he stands in, our, he's, he is our intercessor. He is, he is our person, we, our mediator, the only mediator we have. I don't, I don't know if this really applies to anybody in this room, but just in case it does. If you're a child of God, if you are one of his sheep, and you know that things are just really not where they need to be, the Lord is our shepherd, and he restoreth our soul. He can do that. He will do that. He wants to do that. And the other group of people I mentioned earlier that I want to talk to is maybe those who aren't saved. Maybe you've never been born again. We're not talking about getting religion. We're talking about we're talking about having all our sins forgiven. We're talking about being made clean and whole, washed, spiritually washed. We're talking about everything that we've ever done that was wrong being erased, being done away with, being cleansed, being forgiven because he interposed his blood. Because he shed his blood. If you're not saved, the Lord wants to save your soul and lead you in a path of righteousness. That ought to be the testimony of every true believer. He is leading me in the paths of righteousness for his name's sake. We don't just think about it for us. We're doing it for him. I love this psalm. This may be my favorite part of the psalm. He restoreth my soul. If you're today in... You need a soul restoration. The Lord can do that. You, don't have, you can't earn it. You can't deserve it. But you can know this, that the shepherd cares about every lost sheep. He cares. I'm going to be standing here in just a moment. We'll have some music playing and folks will be praying. But if, you, if you're today and you're saying, man, I, I need that. I, I need the Lord to restore my soul. If you're not sure if you're saved or if you need somebody to talk to, come right to me. We'll pray together and talk about it. You know, one of the, one of the biggest factors toward getting, going in a better direction is to admit we have a need. We all, are, we all have needs, don't we? 
all of us. You may just want to come to the altar and spend a moment and say, Lord, I, I just want to thank you for salvation, but I need you to, I need you to work in my heart. My soul needs restoration, divine restoration.